All right. Good morning. Living well, class. Welcome. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to spend just a, an abbreviated time in the Word together until we kind of get a, an idea about what we're doing. And then the small group time, there's actually a small group assignment that we're going to do and work through and then report back together as a class at the end. And so, so I'm going to try to be efficient with my time. Um, but, you know, Lord help us to receive the things that he has for us this morning. Amen. Um, already just some of the prayer requests I've heard, it's like, okay, it's the right message for the right group this morning. So, so praise the Lord. We do need his help to receive it. So, so that is a prayer, Lord help us. And, and so, so thank you to the guys who kind of have gone before, you know, for Will and Scott and Gail and kind of got everything set up and ready for us this morning. I appreciate that. Thank you. So let's review quickly. We're in our Onward Christian Soldier series, and this is week 18 of that. So last time, just by way of review, we talked about our need to stand. Okay, we've been talking about that. And this doesn't mean I'm not moving forward in my faith, that I'm stubbornly standing like a mule. No, no, no. This means I'm going to not fall. I'm not going to have a moral failure. I'm not going to fall and chase after the things of the world. I'm not going to be like, you know, half the pastors out there who have a moral failure or the 90% who quit. Okay, that's, those are the pastors. How many people do you know who should be here but aren't? Okay, maybe we don't even have to think about others. Maybe we can just think about ourselves and our own lives. How many times have I fallen? Hey, listen, stand, don't fall. Okay, so the message we saw last week was we stand and then, and then, we work through the armor of God, and then the result of all that, praying. You remember that? Remember how we, we look through, and it's like, and, therefore, oh, and also do this. And so, so all these things are additive, but in the end, we want to be able to pray. So our goal is to stand, that is to not to fall. Our devil, the adversary, is trying to get us to fall. We know that. Some of us have sang to the choruses of the song that he wrote. How'd that work out? Oh, Lord, save me from myself. Save me from falling again. Amen? Okay, so what we saw last week is we cannot stand unless we withstand. And you saw that in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Look at that. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. So you can't stand unless you withstand. To withstand means to resist or to fight back. You cannot fight back against, I mean, sorry, you can't stand unless you withstand the person who's trying to get you to fall. That just makes sense if you think about it. We cannot withstand without our spiritual armor. Okay, so listen, the goal is to stand. That is, don't have a failure. Don't have a fall. Don't go back to the world. Don't ruin your life and, and the life of everyone within your sphere of influence through some sinful, backsliding, bad decision. Don't do that. Well, how do I do that? Well, you need to withstand the devil who is trying to get you to do that. If you don't push back, you're just going to get pushed over. This is review. 
Once our armor is in place, oh, we pray. Okay, so building upon that key point, those key points is what we're going to be doing today. Okay, well, how do I pray? How does that work? What does that look like? So first of all, and this is on the, the, your handout, this is the first blank, don't miss the fact that, that prayer in its essence is just talking to God. Don't you know that you're, you're saved unto a relationship with your father, that you've been reconciled unto a right relationship with God, your father? You didn't get saved unto a religion to where now it's just a bunch of rules you have to follow. You're saved unto a relationship. Well, what kind of relationship would it be if you never talked to the other person? You're saved unto a relationship. You can't get victory without that relationship being strong and intact. And what, what, what we really need to do is just make sure we're in communication with our Father. The more we can do that, the more victory that we're going to have in our lives. But just don't miss that main point. Don't miss the forest as we talk about the trees. We're saved unto a relationship with our Father. We need to be spending time in prayer with Him. We're going to be talking about how to do that. So... <clears throat> Charles Spurgeon said that prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. Omnipotence, what's that mean? What's omnipotence mean? All powerful. Okay, who's all powerful? You? Me? <laughs> nope. Okay, proving that out. Okay, no, God is all powerful. So, so prayer is the slender nerve. When it's time for you to move, gentlemen, there's a communication that happens in your body. And the nerves, they, they go to the brain, and, and there's, there's, there's communication there. And then there's communication back through a slender nerve. And what happens is that nerve comes in and it hooks on to the muscle. There's a neuromuscular junction. There's communication chemically that takes place there in your body. And what happens is that nerve impulse comes down that muscle contracts and that muscle moves. Our prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. Think about Jesus and he's, he's walking along the seashore. He's just come out of his temptation time in the wilderness and he sees Peter and Andrew and James and John and he says, come, leave your nets, come follow me. I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they, they left their nets and they got up and they followed him. What if they would have been paralyzed? What if the nerves that, that, that are in their body that are supposed to be doing this communication and enabling okay, motion and movement, what if those nerves, what if Peter would have been paralyzed at the waist and Jesus said, Come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And, and Peter couldn't stand because the nerves and the muscles weren't connected. We know someone who's in this class and his son's paralyzed, and, and it's, it's heartbreaking. Why? Because that young man can't get up. He can't stand. If you couldn't stand today, you know what you would want to do more than anything else in the world? You'd want to stand. 
And what if Jesus called you and said, Scott, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And you're trying to get, but, but you, you can't get up. Okay, listen, if we don't have the slender nerve properly attached to the muscle of omnipotence, you can't stand, you can't get up. You can't follow Christ. You want to talk about having strength to overcome? This is it. We need the muscle of omnipotence at work enabling us. Okay, this is what we're talking about this morning, is getting these things figured out. The nerve that goes to the muscle, the, the communication there, that nerve must send messages to the brain that result in purposeful, I'm talking about our physical bodies now, and the communication between our, our brain and our nerves, okay. In that setup with the nerves that go to the spinal cord or to the brain and then back to the muscles and that sort of a thing, it has to result in purposeful body motions and actions. Someone that has an abnormality in the way that the nerves and the muscles hook up and they can't walk right, maybe cerebral palsy, maybe they've had a stroke, maybe they have a seizure disorder, and you see that, and the, the body doesn't work right, and those nerves don't work right. There's balance problems. You look at that, and you go, oh, there's something wrong there. That person can't move forward like they're supposed to. In a seizure, my, my arm is just shaking, right? That's not purposeful. Okay, if I pray, but it's not communicating right, and it's not purposeful, and it's not lined up right, how can God answer that prayer? How could God answer a prayer if I'm praying for something that isn't right? You know, the Jews missed out on salvation in Christ for the most part. Do you know why? They went about to establish their own righteousness, and they missed out on the righteousness through Christ, which was by faith. Did you know that? What if you were one of those religious Jews trying to establish righteousness by the law, by their own works? And they're just praying, God, help me to be righteous through the law. It's like, that prayer, can God answer that prayer when righteousness comes through Christ and not through the law? What if my kids ask me for something that will be very harmful for them? Will I give that to them? No. Dad, I, I, I'm, I'm really asking you to help me set up my playset in the middle of I-70. No, son, no, no. But God, but, but Dad, you're supposed to provide. Yeah, but that doesn't work. That communication doesn't work. It doesn't line up with my will for you, with what's good for you. Does this make sense? Okay, so, so the armor of God, when we pray with our armor on, that's different then praying with our armor off. It's different. Praying with my loins girt about with truth. So I put truth around me. Literally, I am in truth. Praying like that is different when I don't pray with truth in place. Praying with righteousness in place in my life is different than praying without righteousness in place in my life. You guys see that, obviously. There's a difference between one and the other. When we get our armor on and then we go to God, we are lined up purposefully. 
Our prayers are now intact. We're no longer paralyzed. We're no longer unable to stand against the enemy. We're no longer unable to move forward in our faith. You want to stand against the devil? Well, then learn how to put your armor on and pray with your armor on because this is what enables us to do that. And so what I want to do is break up into small groups and then in your small group, you're going to work through one of the pieces of armor and consider praying with this armor in place. I'll give you one. I'm going to do truth. Girt your loins about with truth. I'm going to do that one as an example here real quick. So, so here's the Dagwood sandwich. If that doesn't make sense, that's okay. But if you look closely, there's, there's cheese and pepperoni and french fries and a piece of pizza and Cheetos all in that sandwich. And you think, well, that looks delicious. It does look delicious. Okay, here's the problem. If that's your diet and this is your prayer, anyone see a problem with that? Okay, dear Lord, please bless the nourishment of this food to this body. God, I'm asking you to bless the nourishment of this Big Mac and extra large fries and milkshake to the nourishment of my body. It's like, well, that's, there's no nourishment there. There's only calories there. Okay, here's the point. And, and so we all do this. I'm not trying to be crazy. But the real prayer, if it's a prayer in sincerity and honesty, as you get ready to eat that, here's the prayer. Uh, Lord, sorry. I am not stewarding my body well. Would you give me your grace and help me to make it through the sandwich without a heart attack? Like, like Lord. Uh, okay, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Are you guys familiar with that? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You guys know that prayer? Turn to Matthew 6 if you're not, and you can look at that. There's a certain part of that prayer which goes like this. Father, forgive me as I forgive others. Did you ever wonder about that part of that prayer? Well, God, I don't want you to forgive me like I forgive others. I want you to forgive me a lot better than that. I want you to forgive me more than I forgive others. God, I'm not very forgiving, but I want you to... Okay, listen, hang on. When the Bible says that we're supposed to, to gird about, to put on the belt of truth, that means you are being truthful with God. See, we're going to pick up the word of God later, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the word of God is truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. The spirit is truth, First John says. Okay, yes, all of that. But what this means is that you're going to pray honestly. You're not going to pray, Lord, forgive me, but I won't forgive Wagi. That wouldn't be a very honest prayer, would it? That wouldn't be sincere. It'd be like if you went to your boss, you said, I, I want a raise. But honestly, you know you don't deserve a raise because you just played whatever you play, video games on your computer all day when you're supposed to be working. It's not very honest, is it? You might get away with it with your boss, but you're not. We're supposed to approach the Lord honestly, girt ourselves with truth.
Does this make sense? There's some verses we can look at in this. Psalm 145, 17 and 18, the Lord is righteous in all his ways. He's holy in all his works. You know that. Well, listen, then we need to approach him in truth. The Lord is nigh, that's near unto all them that call upon him, to, to all that call upon him in truth. See how this lines me up with God? And now I'm praying honestly, and it's a real relationship. It's not just me going through the motions. Hey, God, it's Chris. I'm really struggling today. Oh, that's a much more beautiful prayer than, oh, glorious Father that abides above. And, and then you just go through this pretense. Okay, so you can pray in pretense. That's where you're just pretending. Or you can pray in truth. There's the Pharisees, which devour the widows' houses, and for a pretense, pretending, they make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. They're praying. Is God answering those prayers? No, they're not even being truthful. They're not being sincere. They're not being honest. They're just using prayer to benefit themselves. They're not actually girding themselves with truth. Jesus, when he's praying to the Father, they took the stone away where Lazarus was. Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Look at this. I love this. Oh, well, I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of everyone else around me, I'm just praying this out loud for their sake. I love that. That's a conversation with God. Hey, God, it's me and I'm just coming for By the way, Lord, I'm just praying out loud so that everyone else around me can hear. He's just coming to the Father in truth. You see that? Okay. And so then, so with these different things, that's, that's, that's an example of how we can see that praying in truth is better. It's different than praying without truth in place. It lines me up with God. And when I put on that armor, now I'm praying right. Is this, okay, you guys see that? All right. So we're going to break up into groups. We're going to have righteousness, preparation of the gospel, preparation Faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so, Bill, if you could lead a group online, and um, why don't you guys take uh, faith, okay? Why don't you guys take the shield of faith, and you guys focus on that one. Um, Wagi and Lois, let's see, why don't... You guys, and then Gail, can you join them? And you guys take righteousness. That's the hardest one. So you guys, you guys get the hardest one. You get righteousness. Yeah, righteousness is the hardest to, to get your head around and to explain. And then we'll have a group up here do preparing your, your shotting your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And that can be a, a group over here. And then we'll have a group up here. And you guys, do you want the helmet of salvation or the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God? Sword. This group up here is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then, so if, if I could have Al or Scott jump in with this group. One of you guys can be in this group. So what we're going to do is we're going to break this up. Now, I'd like to hear back from the groups. So 